This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey folks, welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. I'm your host, Dennis Miller. <laughs> the people you hear wheezing, Christian Blatt. He's my sidekick. Lindsay, show debutante. <laughs> Proud show horse. And the best embellished laugh in the business. <laughs> As Mrs. Miller was the Carson. No, I think we get authentic laughs. So just, uh, I finished the Jordan thing uh, last night, last week. Sorry, we're taping this one a little early. And I had always sort of balanced off. Um, oh, by the way, there's nothing more heartbreaking than to watch Jeff Probst cop to being. Uh, I can't even remember what he. I'm so out of the loop on what's woke now. He always seemed like such a nice guy over the year. Yeah, sure. But I guess he confessed to being Bluebeard the other night on the show and treating women horribly and stuff. Male. What's it called? Male. Chauvinist? Yeah, but it's that word's out. There's something my male privilege, I think. Maybe. Oh yeah. He's well he's got he's got the worst kind. He's got the white male privilege. So <laughs> Jeff Probst is literally the worst human on the world. Boy, I watched him so many times over the years. I, I not, granted I took some seasons off, but if there's been forty survivor seasons, not years, but certain seasons. Yeah. I've probably watched at least twenty to twenty five of them. He always seemed like the nicest, amiable, supportive. Uh, guy with women, but boy, he lit himself up on the finale about how horrible he's been and, uh, you know, women and on the show. So it's not his regular life. Uh, I, I just think that you almost have to, I think you have to self-flagellate now to be in the club, right? So that broke my heart uh, because like I said, he seems like such a nice guy and I've, you know, I've talked to him over the years. He is a great guy. So I, I can't see, but I don't know what's going on inside his head. Evidently, he was dismissive of women. So who knows? We've got another special thing carved out that to be a good human, you have to do. By the way, when, when is uh, L.A. and San Francisco going to make their city sanctuary cities for American citizens who want to go outside without a mask? Can we do that? <laughs> Can you go out without a mask safely in those two cities? Even if you are uh, either legalized or naturalized or a birth citizen, I know that's the class A, but uh, you know, I know you can get arrested without a mask. And it just seems to me, find it in your hearts to become a sanctuary city <laughs> for American citizens who don't have a mask. Sorry, I have to walk you through that because uh, it's so through the looking glass. I, I don't know what to say. I, honest to God, uh, the world is more f***ed up, or sorry, I'm going to try to swear less. So pardon me. I swearing and then apologizing is tired too. The uh, Christian bleep that leave yeah. this part in, but I want them to know I'm trying. <laughs> um, what if you had a bleep that literally was a robotic sound of the F word? <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds great. Can we try that. Is there any I way like to that. simulate a little synthesizer? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, um, hey, maybe, uh, maybe that's how I make my living. But I never thought the world would get this uh, sad or screwed up. And, uh, like, I remember saying once, 
after the last election that they won by losing because I thought they would be un you know they would be unhinged and they would not apply the rules anymore and indeed they haven't and it's gotten so crazy now that the NFL in an effort to be equal in uh, race relations have you seen if, Christian if you were a black guy black coach mm-hmm and they said, if you got hired, somebody could move up 15 places in the draft in the third round. Wow. Would you not tell them to stick that in their hat? Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything more demeaning, patronizing, indeed more feels racist to me. But that's what they're pitching now in the name of fairness. That if you, I mean, geez, if you pick a black coach, I think you're allowed to move up 15, you know, it's all being pitched, in spaces in the draft. If you interview a black coach, you can move up five places in the fourth round. If you select one as your coach, and then if you keep him for three years, you get to move up five places in another round. I mean, if you, if you were a black coach who thought of them sitting in New York thinking of this stuff, and I don't know who the, the brother in the room is there. I know it used to be Gene Washington, the old San Francisco 49, not the Minnesota Viking receiver, but number 18, I think it was, San Francisco. He used to be the guy they sent around when I was there to measure socks. Had a tape measure. If your socks were too high or something. I always thought, geez, really? That's that's your gig? But uh, you, you know the guy in the room. I mean, come on, Goodell can't say anything. I know they're making $45 million. They're all printing money. And all they have to do is virtue signal. It's like, say, you know, they virtue signal more than they fair catch in, in the NFL right now. They throw that arm up and go, look at me, look what I'm doing. <laughs> but you think somebody would say, hey, hey, this, this is bizarre. You realize how bizarre this is that we're having that chat? That if this got out of the room, how patronizing and, as I said, racist it looks? You have to talk about giving bonus draft pick placement to pick a black guy what, what about i don't know there's been it seemed to me the recent until recently i don't notice it as much so i'm not writing it down but it seemed like there was a lot of black coaches and i don't know what's what's the definition of enough black coach is it every black coach is it 20 out of 32 is it 10 once you get into that stuff it's odd but i watch some you know good black coach i watch some crappy black coaches uh, Todd Bowles seems like a good coordinator, but something about him didn't work. Tony Dungy, you know, uh, great coach. I think in essence, you can say that Tony's got one and a half Super Bowls, wins one with Indy and leaves Gruden. I'm not denigrating John. John's a great coach, but I'm just saying he leaves the closet loaded at Tampa and John gets one. Yeah. So there's some, uh, and I, I dig the guy in San Diego. It hasn't panned out in wins yet, but I've heard him interviewed. He seems like a good guy. I think his name's Anthony Lynn. But there's some, been some horrible black coaches. And uh, I, I am just aghast that this is the times I live in, that uh, stuff flies out of the liberals' pie holes like, you must believe all women, which absolutely boggles my mind. If you hire a black coach, we'll give you bonus picks like it's some malady or something. As I said, there are entire cities in California that are sanctuary cities for people who come here illegally. You can't. But if you go out in a mask or open a beauty salon, you can end up in prison. Uh, it's flip, folks. I, I, don't, I don't know if it comes back. I know everybody looks at Trump and 
says, oh, he's rough around the... You realize he is the last... You know, taking it back to Survivor, they have these mazes where you have to balance a ball and get it through a maze and then plop it into a hole that's up on a bit of an anthill, just a tiny one, and those last few half feet are the hard part uh, so it doesn't roll back into the the alleys, the channels like bowling alleys. And the last little part is the hard part. And, uh, you know, we have... Uh, Trump's that. Uh, he's the, the ball's right there. If they take if they take back the House and the Senate and the presidency, this country's over. You'll see a variation on the theme you're seeing right now. It's just that I guarantee you there'll be five guys in government who own the mask companies. Oh, Dennis, you're pretty. No, I'm not. If you do, if you ever thought you'd see this stuff, where people will be castigated for going out without a mask, where all women must be believed until it's the person they're running for president, and that all goes away. That in the name of racial equality, they're coming up with the most unjust, gimmick-laden thing that'll only keep uh, black people treated like some novelty item in the NFL eyes or something. It's unbelievable to me. It has flipped, and I don't even think Trump can... I, I think you'd have to find another Trump. I think if he gets four more years, and uh, you can get a toehold, but you're going to have to back him up with, listen, unless Mike Pence over the years has gotten that Christian warrior message, you know, where you go from passive Christian to, uh, you know, there's other Christian, I can't name them. I haven't read the Bible in a while. I'm reading a serialization of the Bible called the Bible. <laughs> the, uh, but there's always been guys where you push it so far and then they get into that, uh, you know, I'm a fiend for Jesus instead of friend for Jesus or whatever. But <laughs> you, you, you best not cross them because they, they always will remember God going into the uh, Pharisee's tent and playing <clears throat> Orson Welles when his wife leaves him and Citizen Kane just dusting the room. But uh, I'm disheartened. Uh, I, like I said, I don't even think it's coming back. I don't even know if I can go to a foreign country if it goes, but all I can tell you is there's only one last tumbler that hasn't clicked. And it's like, uh, what was the name of the computer in war games, Christian Jonathan or something? The Whopper. No, Whopper was the, didn't he name it after his kid or something? The, the, the man who invented it. There's a great actor in there. He's sort of, a a variation on the guy who ends up playing Jack the Ripper in time after time. I can't remember that actor's name, but it's an unknown actor. And, uh, they go into the war room and they're playing a game. He's named it after his deceased son, Matthew Broderick. What are you doing? Uh, look that boy's name up. I know the Whopper is the generic name of the big computer out in the hallway. Right. The big computer. Yeah. But I, I think he names it, but, uh, he has to get 10 numbers and it'll start a complete thermonuclear attack. And uh, then uh, Matthew Broderick has to blow its mind by playing speed tic-tac-toe with it and stopping it just shy of the 10th number. Uh, that's where we're at right now. And all it takes is for them to find that 10th number, and the pooch is screwed. They did a variation on this theme with the Kevin Costner, Sean Young movie where it turns out that uh, he was the Russian agent. Remember that? The guy's looking for the last pixel to tell who it was. And they're going through all the variations and it's starting to put together Costner's face. And uh, 
but in war games, did you look war games up? Does it say the name of the sun professor? It's uh, I'm getting a very detailed summary that does not mention the name. So I'm still reading. Well, anyway, um, I know Walter Parks who wrote that and uh, great guy, but I do think that uh, they didn't, he didn't stand there in front of the board and go, Hey Whopper, what are you doing? He would say uh, something, uh, Michael, what are you doing? And that was his son's name who passed. It was a key plot point. Anywho, Joshua. That's where we're at, right? Joshua. Joshua is the name. Yeah. Well, that that's the point we're at right now, is the uh, liberals are wargaming scenarios for some sort of, uh, you know, do I think it's going to be like Atlantis, the Lost Continent, or they take us uh, down into the mines and, you know, cross-breed breed me with a goat? No. But do I think that they kind of like this whole thing where checks are just sent out? Uh, yeah. Uh, do I think they're as concerned about working hard? Would they like people to be able to, as Pelosi said, take up a hobby, learn an instrument? Yeah, they, they're the ones who are saying it out loud. And there's another thing that tells me the end is nigh in a way. You can take what they've said out loud and just play it, and they'll get angry at you and say they didn't say it. And most of the press buys it. Uh, folks, it's 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 frighteningly gone. I am trying to do an entertainment show here, but once in a while I feel like I have to come on and just express uh, my feelings on this. But I never thought it would get this far down the road. And I, I can only hope that come November, uh, they've got people so afraid to answer honestly to a pollster here. I mean, really, when you find out that the IRS is auditing people who apply for tax exempt status and include the word patriot in their uh, 401, whatever the hell, uh, there's something, uh, some number, it's 401k. No, that's a 401k is what you invest at at work. There was some number. And uh, if you applied for this tax exempt status, they were, they were auditing you. It's a, it's a complete takeover, save one important thing. Donald Trump, people threw up a, a Hail Mary here. Uh, but if he's out in November, uh, some of them are telling, especially for Biden, does that not scare the living hell out of you? Not that Biden would be president. He'd never make an executive call. He'd find out quickly how much of a pawn he is in this. They'd trade him out as soon as they could, or they'd keep him on, uh, you know, a shorter leash than you would keep a rabid Doberman. He, uh, but the fact that they're not conceding that he's little ding should just scare the hell out of you. They're willing to do that. That's a kamikaze run. So, uh, yeah, I'm scared. I, I, I wish, no matter what the election was, that we would meet on November 4th and decide how to break up. Not in a weird way, but as Woody Allen said, sharks got to keep moving like a relationship. We had a dead shark here. We get to figure out how to extricate ourselves. And as I said, the travel back and forth between the two Americas would be amiable, easy, uh, it, super easy on one part. They don't believe in borders or visas. Although I guarantee you, if it was uh, American citizens already who might have a more conservative predisposition, they would make it exponentially harder than it is for anybody coming from anywhere at any time across the southern border. Anybody. 
if it was conservatives trying to come back into their own part of their country where they're, you know, somebody decided to stay on the other side, it should be just drive up to a thing and have, uh, you know, like a taxi in New York at the Holland Tunnel where it just reads the beep on the window and you're in. Uh, and on one side, you don't even need to buy the tag because, like I said, heretofore, they don't want anything. So it doesn't make it hard there, but I wouldn't make it hard getting into uh, flyover country. You know, just buy a tag or get, we'll give you the tag, but we just need to know when you're there uh, because I have a feeling there'd be after around a year, uh, you'd, you'd look around you and think, geez, I am at a weird table over here. You know, the national anthem would be <laughs> Tatooine's <laughs> finest. I hope that's our national anthem at some point. Not ours. Ours would still stay the anthem, but wow. the, over at the Freak Tab, you know, I think people would start to go, what was I doing staying over here? <laughs> I, I got to go back. They're flourishing over there. To uh, one of the points you were making, I was uh, reading an article about uh, a, a bar owner in uh, Baltimore, and she was talking about her employees, when they're reopening, don't want to come back because they're making more on the coronavirus stimulus package. So their unemployment is so much higher than their wages would be. They're like, no, we're not going to come back and work for you. Well, that part of the country should exist. It's a valid part for those people, but we, we have to disengage now. Uh, it's time to break up. Uh, you know, you take uh, Carol King Tapestry and uh, I'll take the 12 Dreams of Dr. Zardonicus by Spirit. But it's time <laughs> to split the albums up here and move on. Of course, you're taking the Spirit record. <laughs> oh, I gotta lie. You gotta get yourself to the animals, do. Yeah, it's petrifying. I'll be honest with you. There are times I think about it and get a little depressed. And by and large, I'm not completely. Uh, involved in politics that I can shut it off except to make a living off it to a large degree and like any citizen to follow what's going on. But I, I'm not, uh, I don't wrap myself in it completely. That'd be another part of the breakup. You'd have people over there who are obsessed about it 24 seven. And, uh, over on this side, I think you'd have people who got up and, you know, um, I, I, I just, I don't want to go outside and, have people ride sharing, you know, what spit shields from Shoney's salad bars, you know, where you have to share it with other people, all five of you, <laughs> it's some sort of neck link and you're all walking around with, what? Are you kidding me? I know there's half this country would just say, hey, if that's the option, us all walking around here like we're, you know, pre prepping for surgery uh, while we go out. Let's let's walk into it and get it and see what happens. I I really believe that. And uh, Pete, oh, you're not. Yeah, good. I'm, there's another reason. Uh, I'm uh, not, and I, I think it would be an easy, easy disengagement because it appears to me, and I know the right uh, hates the left. I'm not, uh, but I don't think they hate the left anymore. Uh, it doesn't even approach the left's hatred for the right. I really believe that because I do think you have some people on the right who fight it because of the Christianity thing. You know, they just don't like the Christ. You see uh, parents who forgive people who have adopted and killed their kids. So simply hatred over politics, it can be maddening, but uh, I, I, I don't think people give into it as much on the right. 
I think there's a, a group of people on the right who could care less, just want to live their life. They don't even think they're on the right, but they're, they're you know, uh, I think it's uh, part of me is like that. There's an approach there. I have so many years on the planet outside of being, uh, uh, you know, a complete dick to other people. And, uh, and who's to say you make it through this planet without being a dick on so Everybody is, but a complete and predictable dick every day. No, I don't want to do that, but do, do I need to know everybody's story? No, I, I, I'm empathied out, man. What, I'm supposed to go out and uh, Valerie Bertinelli's finally learned to love herself at age 60 or something on the cover of People, and I'm supposed to tear up? Um, yeah. So I'm seriously saying we have to figure out some sort of Continental Congress deal where we get out, and uh, I'm going to start thinking on it more. If I wasn't so lazy, I would have by now because I made the note to myself to figure out some sort of plan on how to do it you know i see the problem areas but i do think it's something to do with rim country and flyover country and uh, then you'd have to have some special draft picks to get outlier states that aren't really located geographically and at that point i guess i'd have to use the nfl's thing about getting improved position in the state house draft if uh what is it again if you pick a black coach can you imagine uh, 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 I'm telling you, I keep waiting uh, for somebody to come out and just explode on that. Some uh, black coach, but I, I haven't seen it yet, but maybe I haven't looked enough. But uh, that is that seems unbelievably condescending to me and patronizing. All right, we're going to be joined today by Ben Mesrick. Now, I know Ben from the Blackjack book and that, but I think on one of his last trips, he told us that he wrote a book about a virus like this. Yeah, he, uh, in, two, I believe, 2015, he wrote a book called Q. And uh, when you talk to him, he'll kind of go into the specifics. But uh, it's basically, it's about a coronavirus. It's not called COVID-19, but that starts in China and how it makes its way to the United States and people begin living their life under quarantine and uh, some of the ways that uh, society starts to unravel. Well, see, he certainly has a knack for predictions. <laughs> my corona <laughs> I thought knack was a poor man's lover boy but that's me I have pronounced opinions that's a really hot take thank <laughs> you Christian could get that out the twitchy I will yeah, well, I'm going to TikTok that one for you, I've boss. never been on Twitchy. What are you, I guess because I don't do Twitter a lot, right? It's just called Twitch, so that's part of the problem. You're a little too Twitchy for Twitch. Oh, there's not a site called Twitchy? No, it's... <laughs> but I love that you call it Twitchy. Sounds like a site yeah. for mask people. What's that? <laughs> what, what do you get? Have the mask on from Blue Velvet? I can't hear. She's inhaling with Amy's. It sounds like a site for meth addicts or something. <laughs> Where are they... <laughs> They they can't make it to 280 characters because everybody's too frenetic. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't go on Twitter a lot because I can put up pretty much anything. I can say, ooh, this pie is good. And I get ratioed like a fat guy at Altamont. But I know fat doesn't exist. I hope somebody's shitting your pie. Uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you should die on that pie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
Hope that pie is filled with choke stones. Okay. I hope a pangolin coughed on your fucking pie. <laughs> it's always good when you try to quit swearing. Yeah, I know. To grow the listenership and your sidekick comes in like uh, William Burroughs having a petite mall seizure. I'm here to let the kids know you're still cool, even though you called it twitchy. You don't swear, but you tolerate it in your minions. I would take out a full page ad on the back page of the what's what would be read in Liberalville and the Washington Post to say yeah. I'm not cool or smart, <laughs> Dennis Miller. Tomorrow, if it would get us five more listeners. Can you please do that? And also by way of being candid and honest. <laughs> oh. Because uh I don't know. If you can't start uh if you can't start conveying your deepest held personal convictions in the memo section of a paycheck, well, then you are lost. Nothing there. All right, so Ben Mesrick will join us. We'll find out if he, uh, well, here's my feeling. I don't know who he writes for, but let's say it's Harcourt Brace and uh, whatever. Is it possible that this whole corona thing is just a tactic to light his book sales on fire? Could this be from promo? Yeah, that's the strongest theory I've heard so far about what started it. Mm -hmm. Reading a book, uh, uh, a galley copy of Scott Iman's book about Cary Grant, and uh, Scott Iman is the best writer about all things Hollywood in the world. Christian, can you get Scott on? I don't. Absolutely, yeah. You know how I know it's a galley copy of the book? Uh, you have to read it at a certain pace, and it comes with a guy beating a drum. And. Uh... <laughs> He always sets it out a little more comfortable. But I think it's like playing tennis against somebody who's better. It's helping my game. But I can't say there are days at the end of my 17-hour reading session. Um, so uh, try to get Scott Iman on, Christian. Yes, sir. I have a phone number for him if uh, you don't have anything. Or do you have a... We've had Scott on before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, I, uh, I have to dig around for it. I'll let you know if I uh, have lost it. What do you have in your bedside table drawer with all your... Woody Allen scripts. Well, it's in my diary where every entry starts, Dear Penthouse Forum. Do you think somebody who, uh, say you had uh, a Guinness Book case of irritable bowel syndrome. I don't have to imagine it. Do you keep a dear diarrhea where every day you go on, um, <laughs> French dip came out looking much the same. Quick trans, you know, little little notes to yourself, like a reading journal where you can keep tabs on uh, the the uh, uh, the uh, log flume at Disneyland passage of a BLT through your elementary canal. <laughs> dear diary, diary, would you call it the diarrhea diary, or would it just no, be dear no, diary? no, dear diarrhea, dear it's diarrhea. <laughs> I love that. And then, uh, if you don't write for a while, if you have nothing, you, you go over to your uh, constipado diary, where it's blank pages <laughs> for days on end. And then little nuggets of truth. Hey, folks, <laughs> we're dealing with fecal matter here. If you can't pass it here, you can't pass it anywhere it's up 
to you. Ben Mesrick. I'm uh I was laughing for two reasons. One because that was funny, but uh, also two because uh, this is how you actively try to grow the show. <laughs> the dear diarrhea. Ben. Yeah, I forgot that. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. I... <laughs> Sometimes I'll pull on a thread and the whole suit of armor collapses on the ground. Sweet dreams and flying machines and PC always said that idiot in high school. Fly machine was his first band. What? James Taylor's first band. It's always somebody who's got to get in quickly. Uh, just so off-putting, you know, with knowledge. And, of course, I'm talking about me. And what else is up in the world? Christian, got any voicemails you want to play? You got any news stories you want to ask me about? Yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a really important uh, news story that uh, it asked the question. This is from the New York Post. Can the coronavirus be spread through farts? Well, listen, I've had my allotment of uh, feet today. But, uh, well, they, they say some people were asymptomatic, so that would be the SBD, of course. I don't think deadly. <laughs> but, um, listen, it's, I know what you did last summer. You've got to get away from the fart. You've got a secondary. You cannot run a fart. I wish that were true. Huh? You know, it, it isn't always, you know, you've tripped and the guy in the hockey mask comes over and hits you with a big whopping stink bomb. You can get out of there. At least it's a little warning. Earthquakes just start. Farts, there's a little something there. Stay on your toes. Get out of there. <laughs> All I know is this. If you die from coronavirus because you were out and about and walked by a guy in the closet and he farted, and you got it, I think it would be fair to say it was your time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's not sitting with Alvin York around the Heaven Campfire, or, you know, the, uh, I know it's not all that heroic, and you should probably want to sit on the story. Oh, I'll sit on it. And they say, how'd you pass? Well, a stranger farted, and uh, two days later, I was out with a 214 fever. You probably won't, just just take it at, at face value, ironically, that uh, it was your time to go. <laughs> okay, does it get any grimmer than that? I caught coronavirus off a fart. <laughs> Weren't you in a... That was my first album's title, yes. I think I'm going to get a T-shirt. <laughs> That came between wise, the rare, and wonderfulness. I caught coronavirus <laughs> off a of fart. And uh, I believe uh, enjoying this conversation right now is Ben Mesrick, who I, I'm told is connected with us. Ben Mesrick, Ben Mesrick. He was a man. He was a prophet. Ben Mesrick, Ben Mesrick. What's up, Ben? <laughs> that was good. I like that. That was good. <laughs> it's sort of a variation. On a Fess Parker flatboat race uh, thing. I... <laughs> oh, oh. I'm here. I'm in. I'm in from the bunker, the bunker deep in the woods. All right. With the, the Dick Cheney bunker. Uh, by the way, here, I'm going to try my joke. Joe Biden is in the basement more frequently than the senator's daughter in Silence of the Lambs. How's that? <laughs> that was good. I liked it. It's, uh, it gives you a good visual. It gives you a good visual. <laughs> So, Ben, you know how much I love your writing. And, uh, God, I must talk to you half a dozen times over. But I have missed this one. Christian tells me it's 
called Q, which I believe is a movie about a pterodactyl that lived in the Chrysler building years ago. You probably had to clear the rights on that. But (laughs) where you predict the, well, you tell. Do you predict the coronavirus? Yeah, I did. This is a weird one, and not a lot of people know about it. But I wrote a book. I really started writing it in 2002. I put it up online as just an e-book like five years ago. And it's called Q, and it's about a coronavirus that comes out of China that hits New York that's catching before you show symptoms, uh, that's very much more infectious than the flu, and that, you know, the mortality rate seems to go up and up. No one seems to know what it is. And it's about the quarantine response and how they shut down all the cities, and they create a special officer corps who wear gloves, who are called the gloves, to pick up. And because people are catching before they show symptoms, you have to isolate people before. So they're called probables. And I even have a scene where like a cop is driving down Fifth Avenue the wrong way and it's all empty and there's a little kid like jumping rope and a mask on the, in front of their front yard. I mean, it's, it's, it's eerie how close I was on a lot of things. And I even described the virus and have pictures of it and it's almost exactly it was really weird. Wow. And I didn't really promote the book when it came out because it's very dark. It's very, I don't know if people need, <laughs> in New York need to be reading this right now, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a, it's an intense thriller called Q, which they, it's an online book. I have it online. People can get it if they want, but it's, it was very close to real. And um, I wrote it, I had interviewed dozens of virologists way back, like 10 years ago and asked them 15 years ago what their greatest fear was. And they all pretty much described this. So that's essentially how I built the book. And then I kind of forgot about it and until this all happened. So it's pretty weird. Yeah. Very weird. Sounds like Logan's runny nose or something. It's uh, <laughs> some dystopic <laughs> thing where they're out looking for, uh, you know, a little uh, schmegma coming off the schnoz. Now, listen, <laughs> uh, don't you think it would be fair in California if San Francisco and Los Angeles find it in their hearts to make their city sanctuary cities for American citizens who want to go out without a mask, uh, that that's, that would be my question. Is that yeah? I, I know. Listen, I, I you know I, I have very mixed feelings about what's going on right now, as a lot of people do. I think. I mean, I think that in the beginning we were much more terrified about what could be happening, and it's not like if you read my book. In my book, the, the mortality rate, you know, ends up being very high. Uh, And so to stop the virus, you have to do everything. But in my book, I imagined that we would be quarantining the sick people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out that that's not the direction we took. I know. So um, that's kind of what I got wrong is that I didn't expect, I expected there there to be a culture of fear and everyone staying in their houses. But I thought the police and the government's goal would be to Mm -hmm. root out the people who are ill and put them places. No, no, I think it's a nightmare what's going on. It's another book, uh, quite honestly. The the reaction to the virus is its own book. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion about what what we're doing and why we're doing it. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have any answers. I'm not a scientist or whatever, but I definitely, you know, it depends where you are. It's completely, it's different, you know, in a small town in Vermont than it is in the middle of New York City. And they shouldn't be treated the same, for sure. No, not at all. But, you know, you have to take it seriously, obviously. You don't want this. 
Like, this is what I've been telling people who are friends of mine. You know, they say to get herd immunity, 60% have to get it. Try and be in the other 40%. <laughs> well, you don't want this unless you know you never had it. Right. I mean, really, a, a lot of a lot of this is too gray area. Yeah. I, I really find it odd like that. You, you could have had it and not known it. So when they say you don't want to have this, you don't want to get this, you think, right. unless, of course, you get it and you never know you got it. Listen, I, I think something weird's going on. It, it's definitely, it, it's something that we certainly don't have all the answers to and understand. And the, yeah, obviously the best thing in the world would be if, you know, you had gotten a little bit of infection and never really showed any symptoms and now are immune. Then you, you know, you get on an airplane and go visit Rome. <laughs> you have the best life right now. But yeah, unfortunately, until the antibody tests get better, uh, we, we don't really know who's had it and who hasn't. Man, that won't be enough. Yeah. When the antibody tests get better. Listen, uh, this now becomes yet another thing in my life that I'm expected to apply a preemptive caveat to at the beginning of it. Uh, sexual relations with people, racial relations between people, uh, the, the fact that you might not believe a lot of this overreaction. There, there's so many things now. Uh, I really never thought, I, I know Orwell had it right and he thought it would be liberals. But I never thought it would get to this point in my life where you had to express some sort of covering fire at the beginning of most sentences you pronounce out loud so you're not put on some list by supposedly, I have never on the Internet had more people who wish me dead worry about my health ever. And I'm starting to notice that. <laughs> that's, a little, that's, that's, that's a really interesting point you're making. I mean, it is kind of crazy that this has gotten to that degree the the way people are you know there are differences of opinions and there ought to be differences of opinions but you know listen i'm i'm on the science side and and i and i feel that this is not a disease you want to get if you can avoid it so i'm i'm a big fan of of i'm a hypochondriac you know i don't know i i i've been washing my hands 20 times a day since i was 12 anyway <laughs> so that, that, that's not a new thing for me uh also being locked down i mean i'm a writer i sit in the house for six months out of the year and, and, you know, scrabble for food. And, and that's sort of a normal lifestyle for me. But, um, you know, I, I, the truth is, if someone had told me that there was a horrible flu out there, I would be avoiding it, too. Yeah, but they're acting like science is as monolithic on this as they used to act like before the last three months. Science was monolithic on climate change. So when people say I, I bridle at the fact that science is not a multifaceted uh, uh, thing anymore. Uh, science is what liberals say it is. And if you aren't with the science, uh, that's weird to me. I, I don't find Al Gore as invigorating as some people. I don't find the fact that he sold his website to Gutter and Gutter makes all their money that they paid for him off uh, so many barrels of oil a day. I, all that shit matters to me. So when they say science, and I think, oh, they mean their science. And if I say anything, all of a sudden I'm an enabler or I'm, a, you know, Hitler. And that's all bullshit. That's going to fall apart here soon because too many good people have been pronounced to be the evil in the universe. And I don't think they're going to take it anymore. We're talking to Ben Mesrick. Ben's book, uh, by the way, people always say to me amidst uh, let's forget Corona for one second. They always talk about I don't understand Bitcoin. There's another thing. <laughs> I'm telling you the only <laughs> grasp I have on the subject, and it's it's a modicum of a, a grasp. I, I feel like I know it a little. It's Ben's brilliant book, Bitcoin, B 
billionaires. And I thank you for that, Ben, because at least when I'm watching, and you don't hear about it as much anyway, it's in some fallow period right now. Where, where, where is it at as of today? Is it in the high thousands or mid thousands? Well, Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin, no, no, Bitcoin started to explode because of all of this craziness. And it's now almost at 10,000 again. Okay. Um, so it's actually at 9,600. 9, it ran, it had dropped all the way down to 3,000. And then as they locked everybody down and started printing money like it was paper, Bitcoin shot up because it's not it's not tied to anything. Um, so it's in a lot of ways more stable than any sort of fiat currency. So the uh, the Winklevosses are buying John Singer Sargent's again, no doubt. So the Winklevosses are billionaires again, multi-billionaires. They own 200,000 Bitcoin, which is closing in at 10,000 a coin. So they have a couple billion and... Uh, they're doing quite well, considering, you know, they're also some, like something out of Greek mythology, so they don't have to fear viruses. <laughs> viruses cannot affect the Winklevite twins. No. So they're they are living quite large. Um, but yeah, Bitcoin made a big run back um, and uh, is actually doing doing really, really enormously well because it makes sense, you know, in an environment like this where everything's unstable and chaos is reigning. If you want to mm -hmm. make a hedge bet, you know, you buy a few Bitcoins. Uh, eventually, they'll have gold bitcoins, which will be uh, double. Uh, the, that'll be the next evolution. <laughs> We're talking to Ben Mesrick, and I find Mesrick to have a bit of a Crichton mind. Uh, Michael Crichton, I always thought, had an amazing, uh, uh, and that's probably the highest compliment I can pay a writer of nonfiction. It is. Yeah, that's fantastic. So as a young writer, all I wanted to do was be Michael Crichton. And yeah, he always seemed to be writing about the thing that suddenly we were all talking about next. Right. Um, and that's, that's sort of, yeah, I have modeled my career in a lot of ways. Although I'm known for nonfiction, my goal was to be Michael Crichton always, yeah. Yeah. And who's the cat who's married to the Tabitha Soren? He's, a, he's got an agile mind, too. Michael Lewis. Yeah, another great mind. And uh, I've got Mesrick in there, folks. Imagine that, writing a book in 2002 or 2005. I can't remember what he said about called Q, about a coronavirus. I mean, come on. Uh, so the guy, he's playing four-level chess with Spock, having a blue cocktail because he's seeing down the road a little. The guy's like Bobby Fischer in Reykjavik. Uh, the new book, or the most recent project, I should say. Let me probe at this because one of my favorite old it's the sort of movie that Quentin Tarantino would have recommended you at the register when he was working the video store in Hermosa Beach, The Mechanic, one of my favorite Jan Michael Vincent films. But you're on a project called The Mechanic. Any connection or tell me about it, Ben? No. So this is a, basically it's a serialized novel. So the Boston Globe, the local newspaper in Boston where I live, came to me and said, uh, would you be interested in writing a book? We'll publish a chapter or two every day in the paper and online. Um, for two weeks, and something like Dickens used to do, or Mark Twain. Um, so I wrote it, the Da Vinci Code-style thriller that is now on the BostonGlobe.com, which, you know, I did it for free because everyone's kind of stuck at home, and everyone wants a diversion from all the horrible news that, that everyone's just reading every day. So now the newspaper was publishing my story right next to all of the, the, the horror articles, and, and it, people really gravitated toward it. It ended up being the most read thing on the Boston Globe, and it's it's going to all be online there for anybody who wants hmm. to read the. They can binge the whole book, but it's a Da Vinci Code style thriller that goes back in American history, um, and basically you uncover a a mystery involving. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but involving the founding fathers and the Freedom Trail in Boston. Um, that's all based on real history and real science. Paging Nick Cage. Paging Nick Cage. <laughs> it's a national treasure. Light. It's national treasure. 
in the you know in the vein of of the kind of stuff I write. So it opens <laughs> with a card counter at the Wynn Casino in Boston Harbor, um, and she's you know she discovers something and gets led down this path. So people have really gravitated to it, and now it's out in Hollywood and starting to get lots of offers. So it will probably be either TV or movie. Um, at some point. So yeah, the mechanic is out there as well. Ah, good for you, Ben. That's exciting. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see fictional pieces turn into movies because I find your mind so inventive. Do you consult on billions and should I watch billions? I've never seen it. Is it good? Uh, <laughs> billions is good. I, I wrote the episode that was on last night. So an episode that's on you know demand right now this week, uh, episode three of season five. So I'm a producer, consulting producer and writer for this re- season. Um, yeah, I love the show. It's, it, it follows the themes that I like to write about, you know, really, really wealthy people doing horrible things. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it sort of fits my genre and, uh, it was really fun working on that show. Well, I might, I'm going to give it a tumble. I'm looking for a show because I just finished oddly enough. I'm the last person to arrive, but I just finished the wire, uh, two nights ago. And, uh, <laughs> my mind was boggled to find out over the entire five years, which arguably the best TV show ever, the wire was only nominated for two Emmys and never won one. So pretty mind boggling. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, that was the most groundbreaking series time. There was nothing like it when it came out, but still holds up as one of the best ever. Yeah. I had not seen it. Um, yeah, I think you'll like billions. You'll like billions. Billions is it. You'll have a good binge because there's season five already. So you've got a lot of. A lot of episodes to go through. Yeah. But is it the uh, janitor guy from Lady in the Water? Is that right? Uh, well, not is it the Paul uh, Bart Giamatti's son plays in it? Paul Giamatti, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Giamatti. Didn't he find Ronnie Howard's daughter in a uh, drain pipe in a swimming pool? Or <laughs> Maybe he did. I remember him from. I mean, he was in. Uh, he was in the one where they drank a lot. Uh, what do you call it? Sideways. Uh, sideways, sideways. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, I, that yeah, a minor was, work compared to being the uh, <laughs> the uh, pool guy at the Beverly Garland Hotel <laughs> on on Bar Boulevard and finding Ronnie Howard's daughter in the drain pipe. All right, always good to talk to my friend Ben Mesrick. And folks, uh, like I said, Bitcoin billionaires will give you a great tutorial on the Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies in general. I think it gives you a good overview. The, the, the most recent project, The Mechanic, sounds lovely, wrote a, a book in, called uh, Q, first started writing, but I guess it became a novel in 2015. And, uh, well... It will mess with your head. It will mess with your head. If you read Q, I'm just warn. I want to put a warning out there that Q is online. You can get the book if you want, but it will mess with your head a little bit. Uh, there's a lot in there that has really come true. And it, it's when I reread it, I mean, they're even finding the virus using the sewer system, which now people are trying to do. Like it's all almost, wow. it's a little freaky. Well, <laughs> good so for you. You know. It's like the handmaid's tale where they pulled the flying nun mask over their mouth instead of their head. And uh, <laughs> right, that's the right. way I'm looking at <laughs> All right, Dr. Dystopia, if you get any more vibes, don't tell me, I don't want to be creeped out before my time. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, best of luck, man. I love you. All right. Bye-bye. Ben, coming out. Yeah, he loves you. This was the time to let everyone know. No, no, that was strictly uh, sexual. Yeah. I mean, uh, how could it not be? less about me. Yeah. But uh, drawn to my, well, my, listen, let's face facts. What question do I have to field 10 times a day? Are you a water polo player? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 ah, I've got a lot to do today, Christian. I've got to do this. Mm-hmm.
then we have another podcast, right? Yeah. Right. I, I never know where you stand. Are you still uptight about revealing that stuff? No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, because I didn't. Come on. It was it was in radio that you used to always be like, oh, you have to pretend it's today. Never let them think. They'll turn it off. What's that voice to... you do when you do that? That's a little character. I'm I'm always, I'm 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 in the lilts. Listen, Square. I'm in I'm a lilt analysis. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. Square. That's a character I call the man. Okay, and he's okay. always trying to keep me down. He's not trying to keep you down. He's trying to keep me down. Trying to keep Lindsay down. Well, it's. It's not quite as codified as Alan Ludden coming out from behind the desk and being a, a game player that week. He had the most perfect uh, evoke the opposite hot. Oh, <laughs> so it's not quite as codified no, as that, but I love quite. that move. Whenever you approach uh, entrenched power, do it again. I'm fascinated by it. So anyway, um, the, in, in radio, they would say, hey, man. You can't pretend that. See, now I'm trying too hard. Yeah, it was better before. No, 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 you can't. Now, all of a sudden, you came off as Ron Liebman and Super Cops. <laughs> well, I'll look for it again, but there's some you do a little yeah. curl up, and uh, I find it fascinating because to me, it, we got to know each other because of. I'm trying to give you a fake compliment here. Go ahead. <laughs> we got to know each other because of the range that I displayed on your CNBC show, the uh, acting chops <laughs> that I brought to that series. So. You know, for years, I've really been ready for my own masterclass. Dorothy Parker's greatest line ever about somebody. I can't even, it might have been Ruth Warwick or one of those actresses. She runs the gamut from A to B. <laughs> oh, that's nice. The cold. It's so great. Oh, 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 that hurt me. And I, I, she didn't say it about me. No. My friend Herb Sargent used to uh, date Dorothy Parker. And more platonic. Wow. That's amazing. You know, Herb was a uh, young man around town. And uh, I, I dating might be, you know, I don't think she was splayed out on the Algonquin table. But uh, he used to take her out at night. And uh, he said she was, uh, well, a witty dame. But uh, as opposed to dame witty. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think you're hanging off the chandelier with her doing poppers. No. All right. Um, so we've got, I've got another podcast after this. Mm -hmm. And then I have to do three shows to promote this on, uh, promote our podcast on Sirius XM. Oh. I'm on uh, the Beatles Network picking my four songs. Awesome. And then I'm on somebody's show named Ryan Ellis. Are you hip to him? Yeah. Didn't he pitch a no-hitter on acid or something? Yeah, no. Uh, he's like a, I feel like he's an extreme sports kind of guy. I've, I've heard him interviewed. Oh, I just well, don't. God, they've got me. <laughs> you know. Jason a... Ellis, if it's if that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, what did I call him? You called him Ryan. Uh, Jason Ellis. Oh, I think Ryan Ellis might be my investment man at Goldman Sachs. Yeah, sorry. I had a little money. I know we're all out here that the only thing that brings us together is we all hope, uh, you know, our lives are equally fucked up. But I made a little Gitas because I was on SNL like 10 decades ago. So I think that's where I know that name from. But uh, And then I'm on a show, Tony Bruno. I think I remember him from sports. Is that still a sports show? I think so, yeah. I, he, he's, uh, he follows you on Twitter. He's tweeted at you a few times, favorably, I might add. Really? Yeah. How do you know he tweeted? 
I think there's a whole part of these sites that I don't have any uh, knowledge of. He tweets at me? Yeah, because uh, if you want to let people behind the curtain, I'll occasionally post a link on Dennis's Twitter to our new episodes. So because I have that... Wait, listen, never create, right? No, no, no. I, I don't have the creativity in me, so I wouldn't be able to show that off. Oh, come on. No, let's not do that fake shuffle bullshit. <laughs> But but I, I would never ask you to... Uh, no, no, no. Although there's been times I couldn't figure out how to tweet where they, they cut me off and we had to... Yeah. Uh, not tweet, but Facebook, and I had to send them to you and ask you to put them up? Yeah. And then you did some amazing workaround where... <laughs> it's like that Richard Pryor joke where he said he was so screwed up on coke towards the end that for him to have sex and put it in Pryor Lee's language here, and it's so funny he had to... <laughs> he had to run around the eaves of his house and jump off from the third floor while the woman was <laughs> laying on the hood of an expensive car and he'd have to jump and fly right into her to have sex anymore, something like that. <laughs> was some brilliant prior thing. My son just hit me to a movie I haven't seen called Blue Collar, where he said Pryor's just stunning in it. I've never seen that. And uh, Paul Schrader's first film. So I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah. What have I been watching? Well, like I said, I finished The Wire, and I watched uh, my my uh, admiration for Michael Jordan knows no bounds now. I, I know I'm reading silly sports writers. He seemed like a bullshit. When did sports writers get so soft? Jimmy Cannon, those guys would be, uh, would be aghast. At how touchy feely it's all gotten. I found the guy an absolute beast. And uh, I think Scott Burrell looked back on his time having a new one ripped every night uh, by Jordan uh, as when he was a man. It's like Steve Alford playing for Bobby Knight. Yeah, you, you walk through the fire. I, I, my mind was blown by Jordan's competitive nature. And, uh, you know, Scotty Pippen would come up with some, well, not the last one. It looked like he hurt his back for sure. But you get a migraine in a key game. And can you imagine Jordan having a migraine? I think he'd take his head off and play. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think Jordan would uh, go in like Ronnie Lott with a broken finger or Balboa in the last run, just go into the room. I've got a migraine. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. It's a little bit. It's a waste of life. My Burgess Meredith uh, impression. But you want to hear my Burgess Meredith? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it was going. Of course. Oh, they got to redo it with the, in the penguin make, in Pangolin, right? <laughs> Batman's arch enemy, the Pangolin. Yeah, where Batman has a mask on. He, he's not even hiding his identity anymore. He has a brief. This is so silly, isn't it? Does it get any sillier than this when you go out and about? I read today that they're going to start trying to have baseball again, but they've instituted that you're not allowed to spit anymore. Yeah. Also no high fives. Now, did you ever think it would get this weird? Do you not think this is an overreaction by, um, what would you, would you call it? Democrats, liberals, progressives, what? The same squares I was talking about before, man. Uh, well, I know, you know, I'm just trying to figure out progressives, I guess. Yeah. Or leftists, the, the, the world left or something. Yeah. And it's gotten silly now. It's gotten silly. I mean, for God's sakes, you're not allowed to high five. 
listen, some people are going to get this no matter what we do. I, I don't know what to say, but you better, you know, you've got to work on something else than immediately getting to what about you? I realize it can be me. <laughs> and if I go in a store, I wear a mask because I don't want to freak people out. But when I'm out walking around, I don't wear one. And this whole thing about you can play baseball, but, uh, Christ, I'll guarantee you one thing. Uh, all I can tell you is they'll play sports and all the leagues will make a shitload of money having the Nike logo on these masks. <laughs> They're not going to miss that one. Anyway, I, I, I find it foolish now, officially foolish. And, uh, I, I know there's something out there. Well, see, I'm doing the caveat. You have to lay down the cap. Of course there's an illness. Uh, hasn't killed as many as I thought it would when I first heard about it. And it's killed a lot of people and life's fucking brutal. And, uh, you could, uh, go out tomorrow and, uh, be wearing a mask and not have, you know, there's, what did I just see? They just opened the beaches. Some poor wrestler. Did you see that? I don't think I saw this one. No. A uh, wrestler and his son went out to an open beach somewhere in Southern California yesterday and got into the riptide and got killed, dragged out. Jeez. Oh, no, I did not hear that. Life is a contact sport, for God's sakes. <laughs> it, it's a tick, 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 tick thing. I don't know. Get out and uh, try to make some hay between the ticks. It, what can I tell you? Try to smile more. And, it, it, and if, you've, if you're dealing with somebody in your life who's completely freaked out about this, you don't run roughshod over them. If you go to visit them, you wear a mask. Uh, you wash your hands. But you can't take the most frightened person and parrot their moves in an effort to be thought of as a good person. Because some people are just flipped out. Man. Oddly enough, uh, I think Trump w was uh, into Purell before Purell was cool. <laughs> so it takes something like this for him to refuse to wear the mask. But, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think uh, if Trump... Uh, Trump would recommend that, uh, you know, at the top of the, uh, what's the room in the Vatican where they have the, uh, uh, somebody painted it, the famous guy, was it Da Vinci or who painted it? Yeah, the Sistine the Chapel? Chapel. Yeah, the Sistine Chapel. If uh, Trump would have been the God guy, and you can certainly imagine him might maybe mistakenly thinking that, and he'd touch fingers with the other guy, he would have pre-rolled. All right, is that our first podcast? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Oh.